the difference in early perception between Eli Drinkwitz and Barry Odom is a lot more narrow than you might think. And if you're getting worried about the 24 recruiting class, well, I'm right there with you. So let's talk about that and more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen, and thanks to FanDuel for sponsoring today's episode. FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And yes, I do want to talk Mizzou football today, but a quick correction here at the top, and man, I've done this a little bit too often lately, but don't worry, it has nothing to do with Caleb Love. But I do have to say, I'm a bit of a moron. I cannot believe that I already forgot that Kim English had moved on from George Mason to Providence. If you missed yesterday's show, at the end, did a little hypothetical. Where would I go play basketball, big-time football as well, if not for Missouri. Well, I went with George Mason in part to help Kim English out to get a high-major job. Well, it turns out Kim English doesn't need my hypothetical help whatsoever. Really, I already did a segment on Kim English being a Providence on this very show. How did I forget this? Well, let's not delve into my psyche and brain power too much. Instead, let's move on to Tiger football. And I got to say, just today I was thinking about something. You know, Missouri, obviously, the real bar for the Tigers, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, to a lesser extent, Florida, maybe, those type of teams. Of course, Tennessee has actually maybe gone beyond those three teams that I just named there. But the reality is, when Missouri is comparing itself to the rest of the East. Well, Georgia is certainly in a tier above. But I will say, all the way back in 2016, I believe that was Kirby Smart's first year with the Dogs. Well, Barry Odom was about this close. And I'm telling you, one Arion Penton on Isaiah McKenzie matchup over the top of zero coverage, questionable defensive assignment and choice there perhaps by the Missouri defense and Barry Odom. But regardless, such a close, close, early, big-time victory for Missouri in that program that could have really changed all types of perceptions for Odom and the entire program. And my point in bringing this up is not really to play the what-if game and make excuses for the Odom administration. No, it's more to compare it to Eli Drinkwitz and his early perception, which obviously was buoyed big time, I think, by Missouri taking down LSU. Of course, the defending national champions at the time, all the way back in 2020 now, the very bizarre pandemic season, the all-SEC season, of course, just 10 games. And I think getting to 5-5 five and five there, of course, having that signature victory there for Eli Drinkwitz was paramount. It really was, because if you think about it, just how narrow that gap was at the end of that ball game. Missouri, fourth down, decides not to use its timeouts, 
puts it all on its defense. You may remember, I do believe it was Josh Bledsoe who knocked down the pass. Regardless, a great defensive play by the Missouri secondary that ended the game on fourth down, and they had to have it. It was a do-or-die final play for the Tigers, without question. So, again, compare that to, again, Isaiah McKenzie now with the Buffalo Bills catching a touchdown late in that ball game. That may have been on fourth down, too, if I'm remembering right. Regardless, it was third and long for sure. And, you know, just kind of a do-or-die play. If the dogs don't get it, they lose. Barry Odom, Missouri, takes down Georgia, and it's in the biggest win they've had in years since probably taking down Georgia maybe a couple three years before that down in Athens but also obviously what helped Eli Drinkwitz tremendously was quite simply recruiting rankings that's the big difference right not only the sliver of a the difference between a win and loss that LSU win versus the Georgia loss in 2016 versus 2020 well obviously Barry Odom's recruiting rankings never reached that ballyhooed level that Eli Drinkwitz has. And you know what? Speaking of recruiting rankings, well, the momentum hasn't just tapered off a little bit for Eli Drinkwitz and Missouri. In terms of high school recruiting, at least, boy, the Tigers have hit an absolute and complete thud so far. If you look at their recruiting rankings according to Rivals.com, well, just the commitment list. Forget about the rankings at this point. I'm a little bit tired now of saying that it's early because when you really actually compare it to, again, the rest of Missouri's peers who the Tigers want to be comparing themselves to, well, this isn't great. In fact, Missouri right now has just two commitments. After Daniel Kalen, the three-star quarterback from the state of Nebraska, well, he's now going to be a Husker, apparently. That leaves Missouri with just two three-star commitments for 2024. And they're both tight ends, by the way. Hello. I don't know about you all, but I've noticed that Eli Drinkwitz and his program, they're not exactly known for developing tight ends into productive players at the SEC level. So to say that this is a concern at this point would be putting it mildly. Now, I guess, again, you can make excuses and say, hey, it's early. The Tigers, really, the, oh, what happens this summer may not be that important compared to what happens on the football field this fall. Hey, no doubt about that. And there is still time to salvage this class, but I got to say the odds of that are looking really low at this point. Now, again, optimistically, you can look at the Kentucky Wildcats and say, hey, they're in a pretty similar predicament. Just two three-star commitments for Kentucky at this point, both at the same position of offensive line. And I got to be honest, I'm wondering what's up with that. The Drinkwitz part, the Missouri part of this equation makes some sense. Clearly, he has not gotten a, a, a contract extension that's going to keep him at Missouri for the next few years or something like that. I think everybody around the country is well aware that this is a pivotal year for Drinkwitz and his program. He may, he may well be sent packing if this season is not up to Missouri standards, to Desiree Reed Francois' standards, for instance. But Mark Stoops? That's a weird one. I don't think the Kentucky coach is going anywhere. So I can't say I have a great explanation for that one. But then you dig a little deeper. You look at you look at South Carolina, for instance, a team that Missouri beat pretty easily last season, by the way, in Columbia, South Carolina. 
Well, I'd say Shane Beamer is firmly where Eli Drinkwitz was a couple years ago, and that's in the honeymoon phase because, again, you consider that the Tigers whipped the tail feathers off of the Gamecocks last season. Well, considering the Cox for the 2024 for the 2024 cycle, I should say, they already have 10 commitments versus Missouri's two. And by the way, eight of those 10 commitments, 80% of them are four-star players. So, wow, Shane Beamer really getting it done there. If Missouri had that type of recruiting class for 2024, I think it's safe to say that a lot of the calls for Eli Drinkwitz to win more games this season would be a lot quieter than they currently are. And coming up, you know, I want to finish out the rest of this comparison. Let's talk about the rest of the SEC East and how their football recruiting is going at this point. And I also want to talk about how Michael Porter Jr. has a chance to make Missouri Tiger history here in a couple weeks. But first, I want to tell you, of course, about our title sponsor, FanDuel, and make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And like I said, the Nuggets are in the NBA Finals, and tonight we could see the Miami Heat advancing as well. The Heat, interestingly, just one-and-a-half-point favorites tonight. That seems pretty low to me, a little mysteriously low. Maybe I need to look more into it, but like yesterday, I think I'm liking a sweep here. I had Denver yesterday. Hey, guess what? They not only covered the spread, but they won outright. Feeling similar about Miami tonight, giving just one and a half at home to close out the series and go to the finals. But again, no matter what you're into, no matter what side you're on, there's no better place to bet all the NBA playoff action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on college. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. And for you everydayers, tomorrow on the program, I will be talking with Locked On's newest football recruiting expert. So if you can't get enough of those high schoolers, well, I got you covered tomorrow. And that sounded a little bit weird didn't it but you know what we're gonna leave it in because we got to move on to our topic let's finish out of course the rest of the SEC East of course Florida has been one of Missouri's biggest competitors since entering the the Southeastern Conference the Gators with eight commitments so far six four stars and one five star so as per usual the Gators very much out recruiting Missouri on paper, despite the fact that, well, the Tigers are hovering, what, about 500 against Florida in their time in the SEC. Now, as for the Tennessee Volunteers, you know what? So far, 11 commitments is a good number with five four-stars, including Springfield, Missouri defensive end Kellen Lindstrom, but they're not off to maybe quite the crazy start that I would have expected after a huge year from Josh Heupel and company. As for Vanderbilt, well, Vanderbilt has more commitments than Missouri so far with five three-star players, including quarterback Witt 
Muschamp, of course, the son, as you might have guessed, of Will Muschamp, the former Florida Gators coach, former South Carolina coach, and Texas Longhorns defensive coordinator back in the day. And, well, to round it out, somebody who is definitely not on the same planet as Missouri or, frankly, anybody in the SEC East, the Georgia Bulldogs, already with 15 high school commitments, including 10 four-star players and two five-stars, the number one ranked overall recruiting class in the country, according to Rivals.com. So there is a reason, folks, why Missouri fans, we basically chalk up a loss to the Bulldogs each and every year, despite the fact that Missouri came pretty close to taking down the Dogs last season. That is quite the deficit to start out against. So again, just based on that alone, you've got to be even more impressed with how the Missouri defense really shut down Georgia for the most part until that fourth quarter last year. And congratulations to the Denver Nuggets on making the NBA Finals, and especially congratulations to Michael Porter Jr., and especially not congratulations to Christian Brown. But of course, we got to talk about MPJ because he could very well be the first player in Missouri basketball history to win an NBA championship. Yes, the first Tiger ever with a ring. And that might come as a surprise to you. It came as a bit of a surprise to me once I actually buckled down and did my research. And again, somebody correct me if I'm wrong here, but this isn't, I don't believe, a, a what, what did I recently get wrong? Oh yes, this is not a Kim English at Providence situation, I don't believe. I, I actually looked this up and made sure I had this right because here's the thing there have definitely been some guys who have made the NBA finals Jordan Clarkson recently played for the Cleveland Cavaliers in the finals against the Warriors though not the year that LeBron and company won the championship Larry Drew during his last year in the association played for the 91 Lakers when Michael Jordan and company won their first NBA championship Kareem Rush was on some really, really good Lakers teams, but unfortunately he didn't join that dynasty until after their three-peat, the season after in 2003. He was also on the NBA Finals team of 04 that lost to the Pistons as well. So again, unless somebody can can point me out to somebody who actually won a ring in the NBA, I honestly looked at every single person who played in the league I know it wasn't Gary Leonard. I know it wasn't Jonte Porter. I know it wasn't Doug Smith. I know it wasn't Steve Stepanovich. In fact, I know that John Sunvold, his team's never even won a playoff series when he was in the NBA. Not Sonny's fault, of course. He just had the misfortune of playing for for Miami, San Antonio, and the Seattle Supersonics in the 1980s. But hey, I got to say, I think Denver is probably going to take this series, no matter who they play, but I've been underestimating the Miami Heat for going on three or four seasons now, so take whatever I say about them with a grain of salt. And coming up, you know what? I've been teasing this for a couple weeks now, it seems like, but I want to finally pay this off. Why I think the movement in college sports is going to come to a temporary pause here, at least until we get to some slightly different economic situation. So I want to talk about that right after this. So lately, when it comes to conference realignment in major college sports, after USC 
and UCLA, that seismic move to the Big Ten. I think a lot of people, maybe including myself to some extent, assume that Oregon and Washington weren't long for the Pac-12 either. But quite frankly, in the last few months or so, of course, the world of money has completely changed. For years and years now, interest rates, I would say, have been artificially low. And what that has done is it's allowed lots of major corporations and for the purposes of this discussion, especially media companies, to spend lots and lots of money. In particular, building out their streaming infrastructure. For instance, Disney is, of course, blowing out ESPN Plus and Disney Plus, Time Warner with HBO Max, Netflix is, of course, a major player, yada, yada, yada. You guys all know what apps are on your Apple TV or your Roku device or whatever. But I'm just telling you, now that we're in a world where inflation has gotten, well, let's just say without going too deeply into macroeconomics, inflation is rising, and that means the Federal Reserve is going to be rising, raising interest rates in order to combat this. Now, again, without getting too deep into this, I think this whole process is goofy, to say the least. But this is the world that we live in, and the reality is For this discussion, the wild money that has been thrown around in the streaming market these past few years, ever since really the 2020 pandemic and a bunch of giant media companies decided that, hey, streaming is the future and the future is now. Well, frankly, Peacock, Disney Plus, they're all showing that the streaming model really isn't all that it was cracked up to be. They're not meeting any subscriber estimates really whatsoever. That's kind of the universal truth. So in a world now where money is much tighter, that's really what you need to know. I mean, when the interest rates goes up, it means it's a lot harder to spend money, to put it quite simply. So in order now to add new members to a conference like the Big Ten, say the Big Ten wants to expand even further, or the Big 12 would want to add perhaps Oregon and Washington and just, you know, another fantasy scenario here. I don't know what the actual reality or likelihood of that would be, but the reality is for these media companies, well, that's going to then trigger a renegotiation of a TV contract, right? Well, not so fast because Disney, for instance, considering how much money they've are now losing so far on ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, how many subscribers are fleeing ESPN in order to go to these different types of things. They're cutting the cord, which is turning out to be a lot less profitable than the old cable model was for these companies. The bottom line is, I just don't know that the money is there anymore. This isn't six months ago. This certainly isn't two or three years ago when money was relatively cheap and it seemed like everybody thought, well, streaming is going to be a great business. Right now, really, consolidation is the name of the streaming game. If you watched South Park's Streaming War special on Paramount Plus, ironically enough, well, they basically predicted all of this quite nicely. The one thing I will say, one question, I guess, if money's getting tighter, does this mean nine games in the SEC might be in peril? Might might the big companies like Walt Disney not want to pony up for that extra game of SEC football? Well, I think that in this case, that might be the exception that proves the rule because that is one of the truly last, I think, 
big time brands, of course, the SEC, that you could expand a little bit, maybe one more conference game a week, one more big time property, something like that. I think that might be the last frontier to where your big time companies are willing to pony up for that. But in terms of the Pac-12, a brand that has really, really been diminished the last five or 10 years or so, as of now, I, I just think they're probably going to remain what they are for now. I just think the consolidation period is at least going to take a pause. At least that's my prediction, especially in a world where you're seeing the Phoenix Suns, by the way, some really interesting stuff happening there. Their new owner at Matt Ishbia just basically broke ties with Bally Sports Arizona or Southwest or whatever the, the Bally's version of that regional cable company is down there. Well, Bally's is in serious financial trouble. Sinclair Broadcasting, they've essentially gone bankrupt and are trying to restructure all of their debt just to survive. And a lot of NBA games, MLB games locally are shown on these things. Well, the Phoenix Suns have decided, the heck with this, we're actually going to go into the past a little bit, go back to the future, if you will, by showing our games on free television, which hasn't really been done in the NBA since the 80s when cable television really took over that sport in terms of their secondary rights. So just a lot of interesting stuff happening right now. In my opinion, I I just think with all the uncertainty, with money getting tighter, and just all of these different factors that I've laid out in this segment, it just seems to me like with all the speculation that's out there, it still seems like we're probably in a state of stasis right now when it comes to conference realignment. But you know what? We never sit still here on Locked on Mizzou. Thanks, as always, for joining me here. And for your everydayers, once again, I'll be back tomorrow with some more Tiger recruiting talk with Locked On's latest college football recruiting expert. So until then, I'm John Miller, and thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou. Thank you.